Hello, everyone, and welcome to Timmons Podcast. I'm your host, Timmon, and this is my podcast. Um, let's see here. Some quick business that I need to get to real quick. Um, uh, you may be listening for the first time, and you're listening to Timmons Podcast, but I got two other podcasts that I do. Um, the first one is Dadcast with my dad. If you've listened to that, it's pretty sweet. We talk about crazy things. Mm. Um, I love that one. You like that? Yeah, spiritual yeah. stuff. Yep. Um, it, it gets a little wild, and uh, yeah. And then the other podcast I do is uh, I do one with my buddy called Tim and Lincoln Show, where we just cover a bunch of different stuff. We haven't done that one in a long time, but if you don't see one that's not numbered episodes or Dadcast, it's probably Tim and Lincoln Show. And we just get into whatever. So there's some history behind that. If you've never listened before, we started podcasting every single day during COVID, right when COVID hit. So for like a year and a half, you have an episode every single day. So awesome. it's a little dated. I went back and listened. It's a little cringy, but anyways. <laughs> okay. Um, I have a guest today, Maynard. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is good sweet. to be here. So you've been on a ton of podcasts, right? Right. A thousand, right. No. A thousand or so. No, no. It's your first one? This is my first one. Okay, well. Thank Good you. to be here. Yeah. Um, I heard you at church, and well, we've been f- friends through church, but when you talked on Father's Day, I was like, man, I need to get him on the podcast. <laughs> um, I really appreciated kind of the th- things you said, and I, f- for me, this is a great time to get to know people yeah. or whatever yeah. and just hang no, out and stuff. I really enjoyed listening. I just started listening to your podcast. Okay. I, I have some time when I'm on the road, and I start listening to sermons and podcasts and that type of thing. Yeah. And so your dad actually told me at church on Sunday, <laughs> Tim has a podcast. You should check it out. Yeah. Check out Dadcast because we were talking a little bit about the spiritual stuff. Yeah. And so we, I, st- I looked you up and started listening to you and your dad and what you talk about. And to be honest, I think there's only about three or four people that I've listened to that talk about that type of stuff. Yeah. And it's pretty amazing. I love that stuff. I've yeah. I've studied it before, but I like new ideas and new light bulbs that go off. Yeah, stuff that makes sense. And you can look it up. It's like he's a teacher. Real. Like that's who he is for sure. <laughs> he's tea. good at it too. Yeah, he's, he's good at it. Yeah, you he, have a little bit of that too. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm part part of my dad, but yeah. he is. I mean, when he gets into it. He blows my mind a lot of times. Yeah. And then I like to I regurgitate to others. I'm like, have you ever thought about this? I was just at camp for a week, and I was telling all my kids about Nakash, the garden dragon. And yeah. they're like, what is going on? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> just like. Not names you hear at church no, very often. No, no. No, I was like, did you know that Satan means just adversary? They're like, what? So, I don't know. So it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. Just to push that information. The other person I've heard talk a lot about this is. Um, Dr. Heiser. I don't know if you've heard of him. I have not. He's kind of the same, same Michael Heiser, I believe his name is, same vein. So I started listening to some of his stuff. I'm like, whoa, like they're both on the same path. Right. Thinking through the same things. I think my dad gets a lot from him, but also his own stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, so. I've always enjoyed history. So biblical history, it just makes sense. Yeah. You know, as a Christian, you, you love what the Bible has, yet you hate what man has done to yeah uh, how do you say we've we've <laughs> Dest- done we've Dest- done a terrible disservice yeah. to the bible and what it really means yeah um, but the history of it is really neat yeah i am i'm i'm, I'm biased because my dad was loves old testament but mm-hmm. i kind of like the old testament too yeah so i'm like this is sweet this is some cool stuff yeah it's raw it's real it's weird <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know how to handle some of this stuff but for the most part, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, but it's for real. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense on the past and why God did some of the things he did. Because the, some of the things he did, if you don't know the context of it, it looks it looks pretty ruthless. Yeah. Um, but actually, it was the grace of God. Yeah. And his love for the people is why he did some ruthless stuff. Because yeah. he was protecting us from things like Nakash and Mammon and all the different spirits that were destroying people. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, yeah. It's interesting. It's so, that's so, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you said you're on the road a lot. Where is that just like what you do for work? For Yeah. For work. Okay. Um, I do drywall finishing and painting Okay. and I have employees and a couple crews on the road with jobs. So I have a lot of errands to run. So I'll be on the road sometimes several hours a day going from job to job, making sure things are yeah, running and be, stuff. Yeah. And so I have a lot of time and it's just dead space. Some, you know, sometimes I just sit in quiet and just drive and think about what's going on or I'm on the phone and stuff. But I started listening to podcasts. And yeah. I have a couple of preachers that I listen to teachings and that type of stuff. But um, I love different things. I mean, I grew up in, I grew up Amish. And so I grew up in a setting where you knew a lot about church. I mean, you knew a lot about the Bible and the stories and that type of stuff. So you, we were taught that a lot. Yeah. And so something new that stimulates what I don't know or something that challenges my beliefs. Sometimes I'll even listen to things that have nothing to do with yeah. what I believe, <laughs> but, um, it's good to challenge what you think and believe yeah. with a balance, with moderation, but yeah. it, it helps me to know more, to understand things. I love to understand things. That's just who I am. I like the way things work to yeah. know the way that something works. Yeah. And the kingdom of God is something that has a natural way of working. And so I've enjoyed learning about it. Yeah. And when did like you start learning about the kingdom of God? What was like hmm. kind of the intro into that? <clears throat> Cause I don't know when you say you grew up Amish, I don't know if, was there a lot of kingdom of God <laughs> in the Amish, you know, I, what, what was kind of that journey maybe? Um, that's a really good question. I don't know if I have a clear answer on that. Nice. Um, maybe some of the kindergarten stuff I knew as a teenager. Mm -hmm. I mean, biblical principles were always in the home. I mean, we were we talked a lot about scripture and and we were read Bible stories and like that was always a part of our home. Um, but the true pencil, the the spiritual end of it. I was introduced to that much later. Um, mm. I would say probably maybe five or six years ago. Okay. It's been pretty recent where I, I learned about the spiritual realm and how it impacts us still today. Because from what I was taught growing up, the spiritual realm doesn't impact you today. Mm. Like that's all stuff from the Old Testament or... It's a dispensationalist. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's more, it's just life and... You know, when Jesus died and saved us, that kind of stopped. And it's not its not true. It just became a different realm. Mm -hmm. And we became more powerful as people because of Jesus. So to understand what all that was going on with, part of it was my mom. You know, my mom suffered from mental illness most of her life. And so to know what she was going through... I always believed in scripture and in the Bible that it's true. 
and that the the history of it is true yet it's hard to tie it into today's world at times yeah um when it comes to emotional uh, mental aspects of life it's hard to tie that together and so when we when i started doing that uh, mom went to a place in west virginia um it was uh two brothers that did a had a home for helping people in, in a mental aspect with the spiritual sense behind it. Mm. And then, so we went, they had courses there on learning about the spiritual realm and how, it, how to overcome it. And so we went and that's when it started. If I'm, that's when the real group nitty gritty light bulb went, yeah, went the, off. And, the light bulb went off yeah. because with work and, and the stresses and pressures of work, I had, struggled a lot with stress and fear and anger and that type of thing. And that week when I learned about how fear and anger is actually tied to the spiritual realm. Mm. And so to remove it from your life was simply believing in the grace of God and the power that he gave you and to overcome it. And you can put formulas on it. You can pray prayers. You can do different things and different things work. But the simplicity of it is we overcome those things by the grace of God. Mm. And so anyways, I was delivered that week from some spirit, some spiritual stuff that was tied to that. And it just left. Like I, I had tension in my gut. I had, you know, struggles, stress, um, migraines. Like I had all that stuff going on. Wow. And that week I realized this was junk. This isn't God. This isn't something that I have to live in. Wow. And it just walked away. Like it just, <laughs> crazy. it just left. You went there not expecting that at all. I went there trying to learn <clears throat> what the evolve. spiritual realm is about. Yeah. And so like the, what, what you talk about on your dad cast is so real and it's still alive today. Hmm. It's just not, it's not some weird beast barking at you from a cave, but it's in the spiritual realm and it speaks to us in a completely hidden manner in this, you know, spirit, spirit is something you can't see. Right. And so when it talks, when it talks to you through your thought process, when you make agreements and have, um, a junky self-worth outlook or anything like that, that contradicts the word of God, it attacks you through your mind and through Mm. your thoughts. Yeah, and it's so real. And to be to overcome it, you know, the scripture says that righteousness is what helps us overcome, and the the goodness of God is what turns man to repentance. So, what the Satan often does is he convinces us that God isn't good first, so we don't trust him, and then he convinces us that we're junk. And if those two main things, if we can overcome those in our minds and take scripture and say, you know, this isn't real, this isn't right, it you overcome so much emotional stress and mental toll, turmoil, just in, yeah, yeah. And that, anyways, back. I'm going down a rabbit trail. No, you're here. more than welcome to go on any rabbit trail. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's totally fine. But um, that's when when I when I dove into that stuff. 
I started realizing that this stuff's for real. Mm. It's not in the past. It's not some past thing that we never lived in. It's today. And started overcoming it, started seeing it around and people started sensing it. My discernment has gone up. Um, I can feel and sense it way more than I could back then. Um, and of course my wife is fairly prophetic, so she senses it quite a bit and we never understood why. So in the spiritual realm, it's, it's something to, to get used to, especially when you're in the new Christian stage, when we were new believers, that was something that we had no idea about. And so it's something you grow into. I mean, yeah. God, it's the Holy Spirit teaching you and you grow and it's yeah. part of part of life and growing in it. But that's when I really learned about the kingdom of God and what mm-hmm. he's actually doing in everyday life. Yeah. Or and it so, feels like that's where it came yeah. from. And it's going to just increase. And there's probably, it's like a, it'll keep on going, you know. Right. But, I expect it to. Yeah. I think there was a time in my life where I remember it was like a light bulb. You know, it wasn't like a pinpoint, but I'm like, it was a change. You know, I don't remember that. So yeah. it's interesting. I think of it <clears throat> when you're talking about the spiritual world and it starts to grow. It's like working out. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> you, know, you start just pushing up the bar and it's such a weird feeling pushing the bar up. Mm-hmm. And then you start putting plates on it. And you're like, okay, this is yeah. this is, this is way better. I can do more than this. Yeah. And I wonder how many plates he can put up. And I wonder how many plates, you know what I mean? So Yeah, yeah. yeah then, then you put so much weight on and you just go at it like crazy because it's awesome. I have victory in it. And then the next morning comes and the <laughs> backlash happens. You're hurting. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. The backlash can happen in the spiritual realm. Yeah. Because we live in a natural world where um, we have natural law. And so if you choose choose a battle, God, some of the hardest battles I've walked through, some of the best things that ever happened to me, hmm. but I'd never want to do it again. <laughs> but that's how I've learned the most yeah. just in, as a personal, you know, how to manage my own emotions and how to handle adversity and conflict. And I was at a younger age, I always struggled with conflict because, yeah. um, I didn't have the confidence to, you know, it was a different thing, you know, growing up in a home, my mom was somewhat stable sometimes yeah and like I, I talked about the other Sunday my dad did the best he could yeah and but he was overwhelmed a lot of times and so didn't grow up in the most affectionate loving home good had a great childhood I'm I don't bash what I what I grew up in um, but it was a challenge some you know some of the trauma of it made me the man I am today, but yeah. <laughs> when you overcome it, it also it's makes, nice. yeah. When you're in it, it's not so great. No, yeah, no, it's not that much That's, fun. You talked a lot. It was, it was good. I mean, this is the first time I heard you talk at our church and I'm like, you did a great job. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. A couple things I want to tell you. One, you have a wonderful beard. That's number one. <laughs> I want to let you know. Two, you did a great job speaking and you, the way that you're talking about Father's Day, but then also affirmed women and men. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it was just beautiful. And then you got real raw. Like you talked about some stuff that was just like, whoa. So it was such yeah. a good, yeah. I like to be open. It's not always yeah. easy, but if you're always open and honest, um, it feels like, you don't have to control or manipulate anything in life. Right. 
if you're just open and honest, this is me. And I know God covers me in grace with, you know, if I make mistakes. Yeah. I've made enough mistakes in my life and I've seen God redeem them enough, not enough times to know that all he wants is honesty. Yeah. And in today's church world, that's not necessarily the message. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. <laughs> that's maybe another subject for another day. <laughs> we can get into it. That's cool. No. <laughs> um, so I met you when you guys started coming to church, but I met your wife when she came to our dreams. Yeah. Interpretation course. And we actually yeah. sat and next to each other and talked back way back. I mean, that was probably like seventeen or mm-hmm. eighteen, maybe <clears throat> maybe sixteen. Yeah. I don't know, that was a while ago. Yeah. Um and it was cool because that was something she was interested in. That's something that our, our church hosted. Yep. And I think that's probably the first time you got a glimpse of what our church yeah, it was. was. It was. Yeah. And it's a really cool story because that was definitely a Holy Spirit and God just directing steps. Yeah. Because she called, she got on Facebook because she start, started having dreams just constantly. And she felt like God was telling her something, but she had no idea what he was saying. Because it's in a metaphoric sense a lot of times. And so she looked up a Facebook group, and that's when Michael French, what is, it, is it John? Yeah, John, John Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She found them. So they had a Facebook Live where they interpreted dreams. Oh, yeah. And so she called in, and she was in the bedroom. I was watching the kids, and she was in the bedroom talking to them. And she like, she was on it for like an hour. No. She was just listening to dreams. So anyway, she shared a dream that she had towards the end. And it was interpreted, and she's like, she started crying. Wow. And she told me to come into the bedroom. And so I walked in, she's crying. I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. This is pretty intense. <laughs> and so, anyways, so she found out that Michael French is coming to, was Goshen. Mission really? Too, at that, at, at that, Facebook Live. Wow. And so that's how we got connected. And she actually, in the in the first class, I babysat, and she went to the classes. Okay. And that's when she met you. Yeah. She sat beside you. And she actually told me about you then. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I knew who Timon was back then. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because she had met you and a few other people mm-hmm. that said, there's something about them. There's something, oh, something <laughs> about them that they're, like, they're solid people. Yeah. And... Then so the next class that he that Michael French came up for, um, I she wanted me to go along. I was like, so I was intrigued at that point. Yeah, and because before I had no interest in it, so I I actually went to the class with her. We got a babysitter for the weekend and just had a weekend where we went to the classes, and that was the class where Michael French interpreted a dream for me that spoke prophetically over. Well, the last now it's in the past, the last four or five years. Wow! I had a dream. I don't dream much, so I went to the class and they asked us to share a dream. <laughs> so I'm going. I don't really have a dream, so let's pray and have a dream. So I did. I had some crazy dream about cows and raccoons and bears, and <laughs> uh, guns and ladders and yeah. You it still was, remember it? I do. Yeah, I do. Yep. Michael French thought it was the coolest dream ever, and I'm going, what are you talking about? (laughs) So he interpreted the dream, and it spoke to uh, my gifting and 
my calling and what I was going to be doing for the next few years. Hmm. And he didn't know the time frame at that point. And so I stepped into it and I was actually partially stepping into it already. And so when that's, that happened, it came to fulfillment, everything just like the dream was. So that was just affirmation. You know, this is something legit. This is legit. Yeah. And that's fascinating. When that season ended, we are now back at Mission 72. Uh, you were in leadership, right? Was that kind of yeah, what that was yeah, about? Yeah, we were, we were an elder at a local church. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually got ordained at that church. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. So Is that now, part of the dream? Is that the guns part? The, yeah, who knows? <laughs> the dream was more of a part of I was, I was backing up leadership. Hmm. I was um, helping leadership in whatever position. And, and it's still me. Like, that's who I am. Yeah. I'm... I don't dream of being the face of a church, yeah. But I have a pretty passionate um, view of backing up leadership in church and helping them and um, doing whatever to back them up because the the nastiness of the Christian world that I don't like often attacks leadership and attacks elders of churches first and just beats them to death. Yeah. And not in a physical sense, obviously, but yeah, you know, in a spiritual sense. Yeah. Yeah. I experienced some of that myself, you know, it was, I've went through some things here and there, but it's something that I love. You know, I, I do love the church. I just hate the, Nastiness that coming out yeah. that comes out of it because it's nasty. It is <laughs> it's so nasty. We have we have the Most High God yeah. that, that gave us His Son to to die for us, and then we become these people that paint such an awful picture of how we, we by the way we live, yeah, or how we treat people. We're like we're the Messiah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, <laughs> we'll solve your problem. <laughs> and then they just utterly destroy it. You know? Yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> Scripture talks a lot about. God in you. Yeah. And so much of today's church wants to give you their version of God. Mm. And it's actually, we, we're called to respect and honor God in you and God in me mm-hmm. on a much bigger level than what we do. Yeah. So, yeah. That's the direction we're going, hopefully, as a church. Yeah. Yeah. As a, as I was a just talking corporate to corporate church. Like Allison, my wife, about, mm-hmm. um, I forget who who were we talking. About. We oh, we saw some someone drove by that has gone to our church before, a couple times, and then his lap. It's not an issue, but we waved to him, and I was like, "Oh, I haven't seen my church for a little bit. That's totally fine." And we started talking about at the movement. One of the things that Kyle has really just focused on is allowing people to come and get filled up, and then leave and do whatever they want to do. And no worries. If you go to a different yeah. church, if you don't go to church, whatever. If you go to do your own ministry, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so it's about equipping you for the next thing you do. And we just she was talking about how refreshing that is because at other places, it's like, well, they're not going to church, and this is all the things they're doing wrong, and they're not coming to our church. Blah, 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 yeah, you, know? you become a member, and they own you. Yeah. That's kind of the feeling you it's, get. That's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a real thing. Cool. That's, you can't back that up with scripture. I mean, yeah. there's, a, there's accountability with it where if you become a member somewhere, the leaders and elders do have a covering over you where they protect you. Yeah. Um, because just, I mean, the way they do things, the way they, 
how they mirror their life and how they handle church can affect you. Yeah. And so they do have that responsibility. Yeah. It's a big responsibility. They have direction. They can direct certain things in your life. Yeah, exactly. And it's part of why I love Mission 72. There's a really high level of honor among the leadership. Yeah. I can sense it. I can feel it. I can see it. And I know it's not easy. I've experienced enough at it that it's not easy. I've failed at it at times just as much as anyone. But it's really important and and that's what that's why we're there that's cool because it it creates a safe environment yeah a free freedom there's a lot of freedom tons of freedom that's a cool thing yeah yeah freedom with honor that doesn't turn into lawless weird stuff yeah (laughs) it can get a little weird though sometimes well yeah but i mean weird weird where it's it's not really god or anybody being honest yeah yeah there can be performance weird yeah it's cool. I was just at camp, and so I have all these, like, I don't know, I'm off of Camp High maybe a little bit, <laughs> just, like, all this stuff. But there was um, – the camp I went to was predominantly Mennonite. It comes from Mennonite roots, but it's no longer a denominational mm, camp. It's okay. very open. And so you have the whole Holy Spirit happening, and you have the very conservative side of things happening, and they're yeah. all yeah. – and um I just been really blessed because I was able to walk in there and as I'm as I'm seeing things and doing like seeing stuff, I was able to speak how I need to speak because I've been in that weird environment where there's freedom. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like, you know, don't don't bash on it. Like if they're having a, a, a an experience, let them have that experience. You yeah. Know, don't quench it. Don't quench right. it. Right, right. And so it was cool. It was super cool. What camp were you a part of? Uh Bible memory ministries. Is so, it, where is it located? Uh, Goshen, actually. It's in Goshen. Yeah, but they do camps. Um, and the camp that they do in Indiana is in Syracuse. Hmm, okay. And so they have a spot there. And then they do one in southern Indiana. They do one in Iowa. They do one or Iowa or Oklahoma. I forget what. It might be Oklahoma. And then they do one in Ohio. They used to do one in Michigan. There might be one more. They might have an Iowa one. I'm not sure. Is it for youth age? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Elementary to high school. Cool. So I was, high, I, was, I was in high school. Nice. That's where I was at. So, do you, are you familiar with Journey Worship Center in Middlebury? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a bunch of their youth came. Okay. And okay. Um, and so there's a lot of people from Journey there, um, but a lot of different churches. Also, the what's the one in Goshen? Uh, Maple City. There's a lot of okay. kids from Maple City okay. there too. So. Yeah. <clears throat> we went to Maple City for seven or eight years. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's so nice. That's I have friends there. Church. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I love how they took that building and it's yeah i remember when it was like a a roller rink Mm -hmm. and theaters and stuff i remember the walmart even before that but um they took that in like they have a place for for cars they have like Mm -hmm. all these different service opportunities and the people there the good leadership there too yeah there is i'm still friends with pastors there yeah um joe and gary and jay and Mm -hmm. all those guys they're good people yeah yeah that's cool also tell me a little bit so you said you're from I don't know if you told me on this, but you're from Shipshawana? Yeah. Is that yeah, like... I grew up in Shipshawana. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what's what's the timeline of Maynard? Like all your life in Shipshawana or just always been around this area? Always been around this area. I grew up in Shipshawana on an Amish dairy farm. Okay. So had a ton of work to do. Worked. Got my work ethic from that. Yeah. That's I how you get into I heaven, don't, right? I don't knock it. That's how you get into heaven, right? <laughs> right? Isn't that right? I'm going to heaven. <laughs> right. Right. But 
I have I learned a lot of good things in that in that setting. Yeah. Um, how many cows were you milking? Um, it varied quite a bit. Mm-hmm. In my early teens, we still milked with hands, so it was still oh manual goodness. milking. So at that stage, it was in the teens. Okay. We'd have 14, 18 cows in that ballpark. Okay. Um, but then milkers were introduced mm-hmm. in probably when I was 11 or 12. And so that was most of my, I helped milk most of my youth and was with milkers. Yeah. So then our cows, we would have 20, a lot of times under 30, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere in that ballpark, but it was always dairy farm and field work. My dad loved horses. I did too, actually. Um, just a hereditary thing there, I think. Yeah. But uh, worked in the field with horses. Did the did, did the plowing and everything. The, with yeah, them. the Amish wow. way. Wow. Yeah. I spent a lot of hours by myself in fields with horses doing field work. That's cool. Gives you plenty of time to think. Yeah. There's because there's no music or yeah pods in your ears or nothing. I mean, yeah. it's just you, you and the tinkling of harnesses and yeah. You know, the nature around yeah you. that's really cool though yeah but i i grew up to love nature in that sense mm-hmm. i know that was that impacted me and i still love i mean i love the smell of fresh plowed dirt oh you know, yeah. just gardening and that type of stuff i love that smell but i grew up grew up milking dairy cows working on the farm until i was seven almost 17 and at that point i was i was actually managing the dairy part my dad was um, obviously managing the farm, but he was giving me more responsibility doing that part. But, you know, being a young teenager, I wanted to make money. So, mm-hmm. and dairy farming wasn't raking it in. <laughs> and it wasn't for my dad either. I mean, it's not at that size of farm, that part is dying away. Yeah. It's going mi- away. You either have to be really big, really big or, real or rich. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's kind of dying off. So I, Started doing concrete for almost a year. I did concrete for one summer. Okay. Um, for my brother-in-law, he had a concrete business. I did that. kind of enjoyed that. I L- like working with my hands, so it tied in with that. But there's certain... I missed the natural realm. You know, you you were farming, and then you went into working with a bunch of guys and concrete and yeah. pressure and stress and job side yeah, yeah back and forth and on the road it's just a total different world um but then my brother my brother dean was he had started a drywall business mm. when i was in that in that age frame in my teens actually when i was still milking and he needed some help needed some workers needed a driver to work so i went and started working for him and that and he taught me the trade. He taught me how to finish drywall and that type of thing. So I worked for him for, I don't know how many years. I've been doing drywall for 17 years now. Oh, wow. Finishing drywall. But I worked for him for quite a while. I'm going to say six or seven years probably. And then I learned how to paint, you know, doing paints or painting houses, doing painting exteriors, that type of stuff. Started a painting business, actually. And then I did both. And then God brought it all together. So I took over my brother's business. And right right when we got married, my wife Shay, and when we got married, it all incorporated together. God actually brought that all about through a prophecy and 
God's done some pretty amazing things in my life. That's cool. And so tied that together. Um, so now it is what it is today. So we have a business with nine employees and keeps us going. That's awesome. Keeps us busy. <clears throat> All over the place, I'm, I bet. Right? Through Michigan area mostly. Yeah. I try to keep within an hour's drive because after that, you're just on the road too much. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. How long were you Amish? I was Amish. Well, when I became 16, I did the whole rum spring thing mm-hmm. where I started. Um, Which is where you go. Sow your wild oats. Yeah, sow your wild oats. Live your life a little bit different. See what it's like. And um, I lived my life that way until I think I was 21, 22 years old. Maybe not quite. But I I was to the point where I was having a relationship with God, but I wanted something. I wanted something real and tangible. If it was going Amish, I was going to do that. Um, if it was something else, I was going to do that. You know, I just wanted to find God in a real way mm-hmm. because I ha- I hate the the fakeness in life, yeah. and I wanted something that's not fake. And the Amish way of life just didn't quite fit me. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing nothing wrong with being Amish. You can I'm bless somebody if they want to be Amish. I'm not. I don't speak against the Amish way of life, but just didn't really fit me. Like I would date, I even dated some Amish girls that it never really just didn't feel right. Mm. Didn't feel like the right thing. And then I met Shay, I met my wife and she had gotten saved maybe six, eight months before I met her. Um, but we actually met at a bar. No way. So I was <laughs> still sowing my wild oats in Fort yeah. Wayne at a bar. No way. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but, um, that just shows you like God is in every single place of every single, yeah. you can't, you can't separate that stuff. But, um, I met my wife and so we started dating we hit it off and we had, and to be honest, our first six months of relationship was we had more turmoil and fighting in the then than we did. <laughs> Our wife had come out of a really tough relationship and, um, so a lot of that was brought into ours. Yeah. So we had both kind of heal and my insecurities and, you know, the way I believed things wasn't always the most edifying. Yeah. But so anyways, we started going to church together and cause she wanted to. And so I was like, well, I don't really want to. <laughs> and I still, I still thought I was going to go Amish someday maybe, or, you know, I, I'd still had that. I don't want to say brainwash, but like the Amish way is the way to go. Yeah. I mean, the language is around you in your home. A lot of it is, you know, this is, this is how you're going to do the best in life is if you go Amish. Mm. Like there's no leaving the Amish and living successfully type of language. Like that's interesting. It was that insinuation. You do see people who have left and are successful. Yeah. But I mean, Amish inside the Amish community who are successful too. Right, See both. You know? I, I, I know a lot of good Amish people. I know a lot of bad Amish people. Yeah, <laughs> I know a lot of good non-Amish people. I know a lot of bad and non-Amish Just people across the board. So you can't really get away from it. Yeah, um, but maybe a little bit of a rabbit trail. But I, I struggle with people that want to say they want to go minister to the Amish mm. because the Amish are people. 
they have their experience with God in a certain way. And if you go and I can, I can show it to you in scripture, but I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to do that to here. But if you go and convince someone that the way they're living is not correct to the point of where they're, convictions are thrown out the window, you're dabbling with fire. Mm. If someone is comfortable and believes in where they're at and in in the peace and knows that God is with them where they're at, if you go trump that, yeah, that's not good. You're playing with an authority that's not yours to play with. Yeah. And so I struggle with a lot of people bash the Amish way of life. I don't want to do that. I do a little bit. Um but yeah, there's there's you. there's plenty of bad things that you can find. My bashing is like I don't know. I've said this on multiple times on podcasts. Like, <laughs> um, if you don't wave to them, you gotta go through the you gotta do the Amish way, which is mm-hmm. the two finger and a thumb. If you don't, then you get cursed. So you gotta make sure you wave to them <laughs> <laughs> every time. And that's why that is why Tim, in fact, right here, you gotta wave to them, especially when you're in Amish country. You, <laughs> you don't wave to them. Well. Anyways, right. I, don't, I don't know if I would <laughs> completely agree. You don't have to. That's that's me. I've, that's where I'm at. But that's okay. Yeah. No, but it, I get I get what you're saying though. And yeah. um, quite a few Amish people hold other people at arm's length. Mm. You know, they don't really embrace them as good people or as people that they want to have be friends with. But there's a lot of people that do. Some some I have some really close friends that are Amish. Yeah. And. There's some of the good ones, obviously. Yeah. That I believe that are that are good, really good Amish people. Um, but I there's they live a life that they love. Yeah. And so for me to go and knock that because uh, it's yeah, not my life. Yeah. They have a better community than most of us do. That that the community is great. Yeah. Community community part of it is great. Are they really where good? where you trick where you get tripped up a lot is the material stuff like yeah you 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 turn something into sin that's not sin yeah and that part i how much of that's happening all around us anyways i mean it's just more evident it's more evident to see in the amish you're like okay it's really obvious there but everywhere else is happening so yeah yeah it's absolutely true it it's in a lot of churches oh yeah i mean especially in conservative realms (laughs) you know and it's and i hundred percent. If, if you struggle with something, don't like, if you, if you struggle with a addiction of some sort, don't have it around you. Right. But that doesn't make you a better person yeah. than the guy that has it around him just yeah. makes you weaker in that sense. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, there's, and there's, there's so much junk like that, that the, the manipulation that happens with people when there's such a tight community and that stuff's junk. But yeah, it is what it is. I let them live how they want to live. I I love my family. They're a lot of them are still Amish. That's what I was gonna ask. Um, and I love the they have a different way of looking at life. So I can hang out with them and see their views, and I can incorporate it moderately into mine. <laughs> where there's some stuff I that they the know they know I, I mean a lot of the holistic stuff too oh yeah they are oh, so yeah. They the farming so, and mm-hmm. the 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 generic part of that is it's crazy like it's, they have a knowledge that most individuals do not have mm-hmm. that's yeah. a cool thing so did you so i mean let me go back to you're going to church with shay yeah right yeah. you're there back you're back. in rome Sh- springer right now yeah and you choose not to go back to the Amish church? Is that what? So I got convicted happened? to be baptized. 
Okay. And do Amish do it? Do they baptize at all, or are they yeah, like infant? Yeah. Are they infant baptized? No, no, they baptize at. So when you join the Amish church after your your Rumspringa days, that's when you, okay. you get baptized into the Amish church. Okay, that's scripturally that's a little bit iffy on you know, how <laughs> yeah. how strong of a foundation you have there. But um, I decided to get baptized at the church we were attending because I wanted to get baptized. Mm-hmm. I had experienced God. I had experienced grace. Um, I experienced you know and the weird. <laughs> this might sound pretty corny, but. The, the thing that shocked me the most was hanging out with Christians at church in the English realm. You know, you always had this thing of, you know, well, they're so different. So, and so I started going to church and worshiping with people and, and, you know, the worship was good. We went to Christ's covenant in Warsaw. Oh, okay. And that's where we got baptized. And it was really good church. I mean, it was I experienced God. I got to know God in a different way. The yeah. obviously the sermons are geared different. The the teaching is different. Yeah, it's in English, and, right? Yeah, I mean, it's this is the Amish. I, I, I'm guessing it's. In, I heard it's in High German. The Amish teaching, maybe. Yeah, not. yeah, it's it's, it's a not. lot. It's either in in Amish or in High German. Yeah. It, it's scripture is read in High German most of the time, yeah. and then when they speak about things metaphorically, it's in um, in Amish, which is like Pennsylvania Dutch. Yeah, it's a right. it's a German dialect that comes from Europe, but has changed drastically. Yeah, yeah, it's changed a ton. <laughs> so it's like hard to understand sometimes when you're reading from high German. I mean, you probably understand concepts and stuff. I understand it's the nice. the picture or the the big picture of what was being said, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to really learn about scripture when you don't know the word for word what's being said. Right, and that's not always on the Amish church. You know, that's sometimes on us not being taught enough yeah. on what's, you know, how it's being Extrapolating read. it and showing it. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to read scripture in high German, you should probably teach your kids to where they can know high German really well. Yeah. But, you know, it's, that part of it is all pish posh. I don't yeah. really, don't really worry about it. Yeah. But so anyways, I, I decided to become baptized. And, and so when you become baptized in a non-Amish setting, that's a pretty big statement to the spiritual realm Ooh, where you're not going Amish. And so that's, that's kind of when the fireworks hit. When <laughs> it was not really smiled upon, you know, you're going in a direction that's not something we agree on. And I had some pretty real discussions on the Bible and on scripture and got pretty intense with my siblings and my dad didn't talk with my dad for, Almost a year. Wow. Like I lived in the same house, but we wouldn't have a conversation. <laughs> wow. But were you going after those conversations or were they coming to you and kind of... When they would come to me with their concerns, I mean, they... Yeah. It was their belief systems, you know, what they believed was maybe not in agreement with what I was living in. Yeah. So I had to, I had to tell them what I believed. And so through those conversations, it That's would tough. sometimes get pretty tough. Yeah. Um, but it, I believe, I that. don't regret any of it though. <laughs> yeah. Like, because it really gave you a foundation. Yeah. It made you actually like, what do I actually believe? Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Because if someone comes into your face and challenge you what you believe, like, it's really hard not to doubt yourself. Yeah. And I did a lot of self examination. 
but so I got baptized at Christ Covenant um, with I had a friend that we went to church there, Brandon Schrader, and we got baptized at the same time. And I learned a lot. I started learning a lot about who God is and who who Scripture is and what's happening here. And um, I just I knew that God's picture of man is a lot bigger than just the Amish community. Hmm. It's way bigger. Yeah. So to constrict me to that, I could, but I didn't have to. And so at that point, I was in love with my wife. You know, I I wasn't going to go spend my life being Amish. And she probably would have went Amish at that point. But did she, was she previously Amish? No, no. no, She she was was straight straight English. English, grew up in Columbia City, had no ties with Amish (laughs) at all. Um, connected in four way that's beautiful yeah it's it's pretty wild yeah. it's pretty crazy was it the like uh cowboy bar no it wasn't there no uh, no it was at pierre's pierre's oh no yeah. way okay yeah 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 i had i had there. her uncle um i was friends with through construction <laughs> no way. and so she was out with her cousin on her on the birthday and so her cousin recognized me because it was the daughter of and so they came over and talked. And I believe my wife had a couple already. <laughs> <laughs> because um, she, I got her number and we started texting before we even left the bar. No way. And went on a date that weekend. And went and watched a movie, I think. Had a date the next weekend. And, you know, the, and the, and the Amish realm, the way you date is you date for a whole weekend. Okay. So, Wait, like, so if you ask that. someone out, okay. it's like, well, we're doing something Friday, Saturday, and maybe Sunday go watch a movie. Really? Okay. Yeah. And so what? that's crazy. Okay. In my in my days, I don't even know what it's like today. Yeah. I think it's even more different than it was today than it was back then. But so I naturally did that without even thinking about it. <laughs> and she was like, This guy really likes me. <laughs> <laughs> and I did, but yeah. Uh, not that much, but yeah, I mean, it was it was it worked. Uh, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, crazy. But uh, I, we, our relationship grew, and um, we got engaged, and, and you know all that stuff. That always that always caused some conflict with my family. Yeah, but because they saw you leaving. Yeah, yeah, they, they saw, saw me living a different life. Yeah, and you know, in their community, they want the brothers and sisters close. I think, I get it. I like, that, yeah. I want I want brothers and sisters close too, um, but wasn't. I'm I'm more family is. This may be controversial, but if you're living a life following God, family is important, but it's not that important. Hmm. The church is more important because Scripture tells you in several places that family is important, but. If you're more tied up with family than you are worried about what God wants you to do, hmm. you're in trouble. I not necessarily knew that <laughs> back then, yeah. but today, like my relationship that I have with God and with my wife and in the different realms is all tied to all the things that I went through, yeah. just like anything in life. And so it was really good. I mean, I'm, I would, like I said, I wouldn't want to do any of it again. Right. But I wouldn't want to give it back at all. Yeah. And 
So yeah, we got true. we got married. We actually became foster parents in our early as newlyweds. Mm. Um, we didn't have any children for two years, and we were trying. We thought we were going to have kids right away. Shay stayed at home. Was a stay at home mom, or was going to be a stay at home mom. So we became registered foster parents, and when we got our first placement, she became pregnant. No way. So I don't know <laughs> if it was God's testing saying, do you really want this? Yeah. But <laughs> You got to taste the kids before you got kids. Yeah. Yeah. Now now we have six children. Wow. Yeah. And it is crazy. It's a blessing to see you guys at church. Oh, man. Oh, I love it. I tell you, if if someone would have told me in the, when we had our first kid that we would have six. Yeah. I would have blew my mind, <laughs> but I wouldn't give any of them back. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's pretty intense. Yeah. It's pretty intense having that many kids at times. Oh, I, yeah. I come from a family of five, so I kind of understand yeah. that a little bit. It's a little chaotic, but it's beautiful. Yeah. What, what, yeah. how big of a family did you grow up in? So, so I have two brothers and two sisters. Okay. So five. Yeah. Yeah. I have twin older brothers that are twins. Oh, okay. And then two sisters. I'm the youngest. And so my, my oldest brother, uh, he's 10 years older than me. He lives on the home farm still. Yeah. And he raises sheep and cattle and pigs and he does the pasturing, the, the holistic, mm-hmm. um, organic stuff has a peach orchard. No way. Yeah. It's pretty neat. He's, I've really, I've really admire him for uh, what he's done with the farm to make it work because cool. family farms are dying out. Yeah. And he's turned it into something that is something that he can pass on yeah. to his kids. And it that's pretty amazing. You know, he saved a family farm ideology. You know, obviously he was handed, it was handed to him at a, you know, at a price that is only family. Yeah. I mean, he would really struggle to survive if he would have had to buy it at market value. Yeah. But if he can pass that on to his kids, he's set. yeah, I mean, it's, he can pass it on to his kids where they can make it and their kids can make it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Just to be able to like grow your own food. Yeah. I mean, you just don't, it's not, especially around here, it's hard to get land. It, it is. so hard to get land. And it's around. super expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So he's able, they have, they do maple syrup in the spring, uh, peaches, they have sheep. Um, lamb. Do they eggs. sell it at a certain place? Or yeah. Something? Yeah. He sells it off the farm, straight okay. off the farm. No way. Man, you got to try a tree ripened peach. Uh, yeah, I'm down. I have a it buddy. It is fantastic. I have a buddy who has a peach tree and I'll go to his house and oh my gosh. Yeah. The the sugar content, the natural sugar content is amazing. Yeah. Uh, the, the stuff you buy at the store has been picked green. Yeah, and then allowed to ripen, and it didn't get the the sap from the tree like a like a tree ripen. They pick them about two or three days before they're ripe to give you the time to really enjoy it, yeah. to to do whatever you're doing with them, can them or eat them or freeze them or whatever you're doing. So I mean, ripe, and you have one day yeah. or whatever until they're bad. Yeah, I th- I think he has almost 500 trees. No way. Yeah, and they're actually they're starting to pick already. Really? Okay. So, so where's it at? Just Shipshawana, just just south of five and twenty. Okay. On 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 the right hand side, if you're going south. Yeah. Um, but he about mid August for in about two weeks, the main crop will hit. Oh, okay. And they'll be picking 
30, 40 bushels sometimes. Uh, no way. It goes, it gets crazy. crazy. Yeah. Allison, her grandparents own a, and they, they turned a bunch of it into soy and corn, but mm-hmm. they still have like a couple acres of blueberries. Oh, and so man. we go and we, we've gone and picked multiple times already this summer. Um, <clears throat> My wife has been wanting to go pick blueberries, yeah. but we just haven't had the time. Yeah. I think it. You got probably like a week or two left, and then it's, and then over. it's over. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, it's. Um, she spent most of her life, and they're Dutch, like they're Dutch immigrants oh, okay. that came here, and then there's just blueberries out the wazoo. But they they are. She spent most of her life growing up, going there all summer and picking, and just picking <laughs> pounds and pounds of blueberries. So I can imagine what your brother yeah. and his kids and all the people that work for him were going through. Yeah, just picking. Oh, it's it gets it's pretty intense yeah. at times. It's a lot of hours. Oh yeah, but. It's rewarding. Yeah. It's cool. It's all, it's really only like at a certain time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's this peak and you just go hard and then you're good. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's got a few types of peaches now that are, that are ripe at this time of the year. Mm. Um, but they're premium price because he can, because it's early really cash in because they're early. That's awesome. Yeah. But I love that. Like the red havens and stuff, they'll hit mid August. Okay. And that's the main crop. That's where awesome. And, I always I like going over there in those time because you can sneak the seconds and <laughs> pick out on beaches. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. But it's really neat. He's he's uh, he's turned. He doesn't do the turning the soil anymore. Really, um, okay. it's almost like a back to garden, back to Eden gardening idea, but with pasture. Mm. And he's turned it into something that's it's pretty neat. Does he allow the cows to graze where his peaches are? Or like, does he uh-huh. allow the sheep? No, the sheep go into the, the orchard. Sheep do. Okay. Yeah, okay. The sheep go into the orchard. The cows are a bit too rough, like a bull in a china shop type of deal. Yeah. But he's got mm, six or seven hundred sheep. Wow! And so he'll he'll put them in the in the sheep orchard, and they'll just oh, that's awesome. Trim it down quick. Yeah, trim it down, and then push the soil around with their yeah. hooves. I mean, they get it, they fertilize it, fertilize it, do yeah. their whole thing. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah, that's cool. I have a. This reminds me. I have a buddy who lived in Atlanta, and I went and visited him. And in Atlanta, um, one of the services, and I've seen this elsewhere, was instead of you mowing your yard, they'll bring their sheep mm-hmm. and then mow your yard for with the sheep. You know. Yeah. And then they got these like fences. So I saw that multiple. And people in Atlanta, they're like way more woke than around here, <laughs> and they loved it. Like they would put up signs like. My yard was mowed by zero emission sheep. You know what I mean? Oh like they have word. all the like, it was a status symbol. So <laughs> maybe that's something your brother could get in. Maybe he could right? get in mowing yards with yeah, sheep. Enough Goshen College people, they might, they might be They might be into it. it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you can train the sheep to like go in a uniform way too, or at least like so that they know kind of what they're doing. You yeah. Know? Get them yeah. at least kind of trained. It's it's an art to it. Yeah. My brother, he trains dogs and to handle the sheep okay. and stuff. And oh, that's cool. It's, it's a neat thing to watch. Yeah. Is he still Amish? Yeah. 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 So because you didn't go back into the church and you, during your Romspringa time, Romspringa, went to a different, just left, mm-hmm. did you get shunned? Like a little bit by your dad, it sounded like, but. I didn't get shunned on the church level. Okay. Um, but the family kind of put me at arm's length for a while and I knew why. I mean, it wasn't like I didn't know why. Yeah. Um, but I never joined the Amish church and left and that's a much bigger deal. Yeah. So 
if you join and then leave, then they'd get shunned on a church level. Mm. And the shunning isn't, that's not necessarily a biblical, you know, thing. It, you can, it's a community it, thing, argue about it, but um, it's more on a personal thing. Yeah. I mean, if someone is stealing life from you, you should remove them from your life. Yeah. Like that's, that's it's pretty a healthy clear. boundary. Yeah. Yeah. But if someone doesn't agree with you. Yeah. That's yeah. not really a means to kick him out yeah. of your life. Yeah. But so that's some of the disagreement there. But I was definitely, there was a lot of strife in the relationship with my parents and introducing shade in my family. <laughs> my wife is um, a fairly forward person. <laughs> So if you're going to challenge her on any sense, she's just going to go at it. Go at it. Yeah. That's not the midnight way. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's not the conservative way. No. <laughs> but she actually just picked up one day and she didn't have to work. So she just went around to my family and walked in and knocked on the door and said, hi, I'm Shay. No way. Yeah. Like without me around, like, no, and I was like, what? what are you doing? <laughs> But it was pretty cool. Like it broke the ice on a level because people, you know, my family would they didn't have time to prepare. prepare. They yeah. didn't have time. You know, it was just this girl's at my door. <laughs> Hi, I'm Maynard's girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and so it it a lot of that stuff. My wife was really good for my family. Mm. She just shook them up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Shake you out of your your comfort a little bit. Yeah. Um, <sighs> to be a fly on the wall during those conversations, <laughs> I'd love to see that. That's awesome. Oh man. I can't imagine. I can't imagine some of the stuff she did. I mean, she had to have been really been in love with me. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was. She's. She was all in it. Yeah. Um, but it was. A, it was. A, it was a battle, you know. But the God has a way of working stuff out. And about a, the, after the first year we were married, in our first year of marriage, my mom had a really bad episode where she didn't cook, didn't clean, didn't shower, didn't nothing. Where for several months. I believe it was several months. She was in a pretty bad place for a while. And my dad is a conventional conservative type of man where the wife does the cooking, cleaning yeah. type of thing. And yeah. I'll do all the stuff outside and make sure everything's good. And so when mom dropped, he didn't have anything. Like he had cereal and hot dogs and oh wow, <laughs> and nobody to take care of mom. And everybody was busy except my wife. Hmm. She's a stay-at-home. She's a stay-at-home mom with no children. Yeah. <laughs> so she started going up and taking care of mom. Just wow. showed up. And she didn't have a lot of experience cooking, but she would cook for dad. Oh, like she cool. just she would go there all day, make two meals, hang out with mom. Then dad would come home and she'd come home. And through that phase, that broke my dad. Like mm -hmm. he'd got to know my wife and the relationship grew there where, you know, Shay was a part of the family Yeah, and that took care of all the cold shoulder That's stuff. Crazy. Like it just obliterated it. That's so cool. And it's my therapy. family, like all my, all my family saw it happening. Yeah. And so they were in the same shoes. Like this girl that isn't a part of us is serving mom like that. Yeah. And, it was pretty neat. Like she did something pretty powerful there. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And so now today I have a great relationship with my, my dad. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing he, he would really like to come see me preach someday. Really? But he'd get in big trouble if he went. Really? 
So he's like hoping that I'll do a wedding or something where he's allowed to go. To <laughs> <laughs> a Wednesday night or something. Yeah, right? something yeah. something that he's allowed to sneak into. Yeah. But he would have really loved it. But because of the stipulations, yeah. he's not allowed to go watch his son preach at a church. That's and crazy. Just, he hates it. But we have a lot of good discussions. Like we talk about spiritual things, and he he did he did a lot of healing too, um, through mom and and working through her stuff yeah. and her emotional stuff. And I get pretty passionate about who God it who God really is and how He affects us emotion, emotionally and mentally, because well, of course, the way I, you know my mom struggling with a lot of that and. God has, there's, it's in the Bible. It's there. If we take it in proper context and we get to know who God is, it's really simple. But we have a spirit of overcome, overcoming in us. And we can overcome a lot of things in life. And so I get pretty passionate about that. But dad, dad kind of grabbed onto that a little bit. Mm. And he overcame a lot. Of, he, was, he was a pretty raw, angry person. And he overcame that. Probably just stuffing it yeah. down for a long yeah. time and letting that bubble. And I and I still think I still think he has his moments and he has his weak times where he yeah. he does things that are from his old self. But he's come a long ways um just in growth in the spiritual realm. But I'm pretty proud of him for that. I mean it's that's cool. He's not he's just as imperfect as all of us, but he's grown a lot since just in the last six, eight years. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, I have a great relationship with my family now. That's awesome. I don't, don't have any issues there. I've, we've, we've went to Amish church a few times. Like we'll just show up with family and yeah, and go to church and like do the segregation part where the wife goes, sits over there. And yeah. Over yeah. 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 We'll I, do that. I've gone to a couple of Amish weddings. Have you? Yeah. And so we, we'd have to do that. Yeah, I sit with my dad on the one side, and then all the girls on the other. A lot of them now, though, they don't make you do that. Oh, really? Like they'll just they'll if you come in and you're with an English family or whatever, they'll, they'll just, just put you together and yeah. somewhere where you're more comfortable, which I think is respectful. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, we doing that stuff has kind of brought that thing into me where I like pushing boundaries. You know, when it's God's boundaries, I like pushing them. Yeah. <laughs> what I mean by that is, you know, if I don't believe in something, I, if there's walls there that shouldn't be there. You push on them a little. I like pushing on them a little. Yeah. Just by, with a smile and doing something that yeah. makes somebody trip. Yeah. Just puts them out of their comfort zone yeah. a little bit. Yeah. A little bit of service, a little bit of smile, a little bit of loving on somebody or doing yeah. something for somebody that doesn't deserve it or the yeah. walls should say, oh, that shouldn't happen. Yeah. I like I like pushing those a little bit. Nah, that's cool. Um. Now that you're kind of in Goshen, you moved here. When did you move into this area? So when we got married, we moved to Middlebury. Okay. Lived in Middlebury for a few years. And um, I think it was 2017, five years ago. 2016 or 17, we moved to Goshen here. Okay. Um, bought, a, bought a place over in Conroe 35. We have our little haven in the back, quiet. We can do our natural thing. Yeah. Kind of. That's cool. Grow our own stuff. and It's beautiful out there. A little homestead. Yeah. Call it a homestead. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I really appreciate about the Amish is they obstruct industry 
because they need farms. Yeah. They need to live close to industry, but they also need their farms. They need a certain amount of acres for their, you know, at least their horses. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. And then whatever else. And so I do really appreciate how they just, Goshen wants to just, the RV factories want to explode out mm-hmm. and they can't because it's just expensive and it's tough. And so, yeah, it's cool. I and they it. need the Amish labor. They do. Yeah. Yeah. So they can't really kick them out. Right. It's a, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Um, what have you noticed? Is there any difference between the Amish around this area versus the Amish in Shipshawana? Are they pretty interlocked? I know this is me from an outside perspective living here for a while. There's different communities that have different leadership, but they're all similar. But then the community that they're in, they can vote on the rules. So there is a little difference based on the different areas, depending on the bishop. Yeah. Yeah, so that in Goshen here, there's a lot of, you know, each individual church is, it's basically like a block or the district, and they all have their own rules. Yeah, yeah. like it's a, they come together on this is what we want to do, and this is how we're going to do it. And so it, it has a lot of variations, but yet it's a lot the same. Mm. There's not enough variations that you can pinpoint and say it's a huge difference. Um, you almost have to get out of this area as in culturally to see a lot of different, Mm. uh, Amish. Uh, I have some great aunts and uncles and second or third cousins that are really conservative, like in Kentucky. Mm. And I've never seen where they live, but my dad has visited and it's pretty pioneer. Really? And they don't have running water in the houses do the sugar cane with the old presses. Really? And yeah, it gets I've pretty... I've seen that. The pretty pioneer. You have that one horse that pulls it around. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to a guy at the camp I was just out, and he came from Kansas. Yeah. And there's a big Amish population in Kansas. Yep. I think Yoder, Kansas is what mm-hmm. he, Which sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> but he told me when he was growing up, they, they were not allowed to ride bikes mm-hmm. because it was too worldly, yeah. riding bikes. And I'm like, that blew my mind, <laughs> you know, to think of Amish people not on bikes. That's yeah. one of the first. I wasn't I wasn't allowed to have a bike until I was 12 or 13. Really? Yeah. Then the rules changed. Really? Yeah. So this is more of a recent thing. It's pretty recent. Bikes were pretty taboo and when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. That blows my mind. Like, yeah. It was, it was pretty taboo. I mean, it wasn't a lot, a lot of bikes around. They, the Amish have taken two bikes. Oh, man. They love them. Bicycles yeah. are the... They have oh, nice ones, too. I like oh, them. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> they they go for the top. Yeah. The best. And I would, too, if I was I lived on them. Yeah. I was you taking know. that to work every yeah. day. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd spend money on the best. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's a different market. You know, you, the, the bike you buy at Walmart yeah. is not it's the a, same. It's not. That these guys are riding around on. And it shows too. I would go on the pumpkin vine. Yeah. And especially like once you go past Millbury into Shipshawana, mm-hmm. the amount of times I'm riding my bike and a, and a guy, Amish guy, looking in the bike doesn't even look like a normal road bike. And he has his like mud boots on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> With full of crap all over the boots. And he just zooms right past me. Well, how's it going? And he, yeah, I'm busting it. I'm trying to go as hard as I can. And he's just flying past me. I'm like, he has to have a good bike. Yeah. Like my yeah. bike's not a Walmart bike, but it's it's not bad, you know. But yeah. No, it's it they have they have some pretty incredible machines. 
Yeah. They also write them every day. Yeah. I mean, I'm not doing that either. So right. That's, that's the muscle is there. Yeah. The muscle memory is there. <laughs> that's what I was telling myself. But yeah. It just sucks to see a guy with his my boots on yeah. zip past you <laughs> <laughs> and a cruiser. <laughs> yeah. Three speeds. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's pretty incredible. Yeah. I know. I know when I when we got our bikes when you were young kids, you know, as a teenager, you got to try it try it out to the max. Mm-hmm. And so let's put a speedometer on it, get them up to 25, 28 miles an hour. Zipping. <laughs> Zipping. <laughs> but it's, it's, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. It's not yeah. really safe. Depends on the road. But yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. No, I just, being a living in Goshen, I've been around Amish. Yeah. And we have friends who are Amish. And it's interesting what you said kind of about the going into the Amish community and saying, hey, you need to leave it. Um, you know, I think the people that I know in the Amish community, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to meet them in heaven. Yeah. You know I mean, I don't think that just cause they're Amish that they're not, maybe some there's good, bad Amish, but it's like they, have. there's, there's things about the Amish that are theologically off. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can find that in our churches too. Oh, all the time. Yeah. Like you can't say that you're way better because this is the right way yeah Yeah. scripture talks about in colossians you know if a man is convinced that what he's living in is where god wants him if you go convince him that he's not where god wants him and he's actually where god wants him yeah yeah and that's not really the road it's not good that's not really building god's church now if 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 someone is in a bad place you know obviously some people aren't meant to be amish some people, my dad loves it. Yeah. My dad loves the lifestyle. loves the horses and the buggy. And obviously he'd love having a cell phone and he'd love driving a truck and being able to go do things that old retired guys do. Yeah. But he still loves the lifestyle. Yeah. He loves the community and the support he gets from it. And it's great. Who am I to knock it? Yeah. So... I bless that part, but it's a, you can, I've, I've lived long enough that you can just, you can find something wrong about every anyone culture, denomination, whatever, because it's not you, you know, we're all called to live our own life, have different flavors, if you will. Yeah. And so the flavor you're at, live it. And if it's contradicting God's word, change it. Live, live you. And that's, it's a simple, simple thing, but you got to honor other people where they're at. Yeah. If you start dishonoring other people where they're at, you've you've come down the wrong road. Yeah. But that's just my, that's from the book of Maynard. (laughs) It's a good book. You'll you'll find it right after the gospels. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So when, when my dad was talking at church, you were talking about the book of Enoch. Yeah. Is that something you've read before? I've read some of it. Yeah. Um, I've I've read quite a bit of that stuff. Um, That's fascinating. I, I enjoy seeing the the different dialogue, the in the history in the scripture, hmm. um, Book of Enoch, the Watchers, the Jubilees, all that stuff. Um, I have those at home, and I I don't I don't know them like I do the scripture the scripture we have today. Yeah. Um, but it talks about a world that we don't even think about and 
know what they say about history. You know, if you don't learn about it, doomed to repeat it. You're doomed to repeat it. Yeah. And I see that a little bit. Yeah. Like we don't, we haven't learned about the history. Yeah. So we're getting tricked by the same tricks that happened in the early, early, early world. Yeah. And that's kind of sad. Yeah. Like we should know better. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know that's a little bit self-righteous to say that because yeah. we're all on a walk, but I mean, as a church, we should know about this stuff. Yeah. I have a good friend that, um, we started talk, talking about Nephilims and different stuff. Um, and, uh, and studying that stuff kind of got me started on it. Um, a great teacher from Louisiana pastor and I got to know him and, and he taught me some of this stuff that your dad talks about. And he introduced me to the Dead Sea Scrolls and the Book of Enoch mm-hmm. and some of those. So I got copies and read some of the stuff and the the details that it talks about in Noah's time and in the early like the things that they were doing. I mean, they were they were crossbreeding trees and vegetation and animals and yeah, like all the different stuff that we're thinking about doing today. Yeah. Like yeah. they were already doing back then. It's not new. And it was not from the angels of light. Yeah. So for us to be introducing that back again yeah, is pretty sad. But scripture also says the days of Noah, so will be the, the coming of the Son of Man be. Mm. So in the days of Noah, they were doing this stuff. Yeah. So we're just that closer. We're just, we're just coming around the bend. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast that my dad sent me, um, and they were talking about Noah the movie that came out recently. Mm-hmm. And everyone in the Christian world was like, this is awful. But um, the person that I was talking about is like, you know, if you've read Enoch, book Enoch, and you watch that movie, it's like right on. Mm-hmm. It's like the Hollywood interpretation of the book of Enoch. You're like, oh, this yeah. is fascinating. Yeah. So I've not watched it, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I I watched it, but it's been years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Ten years ago, when you live in the uh, conservative evangelical world, and you watch it, you're like, "This is garbage." Yeah, you know. But yeah. If you look at it differently, maybe mm-hmm. a little more interesting. I, I I never watch it, but I want to watch it now because they talked about that. And to me, it all of a sudden it starts making sense, like dinosaurs and the the mm-hmm. fossils that they find and all that stuff that we can't explain. Yeah. Today, all of a sudden, you can explain this stuff. Yeah. Because they're messing with animals and plants to where, like, you know, you have lizards that they've crossbred and bred up until they're living many, many years. And now you have giant lizards and <laughs> they look like dinosaurs. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it just, it brings about a different realm mm. and it br- just brings more truth into the history of the world. You know? Yeah. Oh, well, I think... This is me, and this is something that I've kind of walked through. I probably talked about this before, but it's like I think my whole life I thought we had everything figured out. Yeah, and I think that's what most people do when they're born into the world. Mm-hmm. They're like at this time, oh, we figured it all out. And the m- older I get, the more I realize, like, oh, there's nothing. <laughs> We've not figured out anything. The like, older I get, the dumber I get. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, I didn't really realize how much I didn't know. You know yeah, you really think you know everything when you're young. Yeah, I um, you really learn a lot, grow a lot. Yeah, I've I've grown a lot in the past few years, and if I keep going on this journey, 
where I'm going to be by the time I'm 40, 45 is not where I'm at today. Mm. Yeah. And oh, hundred percent. I don't have any problem with that. Do you still see like, like for me, maybe this is just me. I still see things that when I did when I was young still play out now, mm-hmm. you know, like the core of who I am, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm totally different than who I was when I was 21. Yeah. Coming out yeah. of college. Over overcoming like the things the bad things that happened in my childhood. I'm like doing that at my age today. Mm. Well, you talked that during your when you preached about how you're really shy. Mm-hmm. You're super young and super shy. Yeah. You said it was because of I think how I may be paraphrasing, but the unstable environment that you were in. Yeah. You just feel like you couldn't open up or communicate. Okay, I don't know if I'm putting words in your mouth. No, it's hundred percent. I mean it's it took away the confidence or the stability of a young child yeah or that's what i think it is that's my perspective now yeah yeah now but um i still have some some triggers and some stuff that come up and you know stuff that irritate me or frustrate me yeah um and probably the biggest the the biggest overcoming of that is in marriage like Mm. the closest person you're to is my wife and so she's the one that triggers my traumas that <laughs> I didn't overcome all the time. Yeah. Right? yeah. And she doesn't do it on purpose, yeah. but <laughs> we Just do a couple it, times. We do it to yeah. each other. Yeah. That's how I figured. Yeah. yeah. But you overcoming that stuff, you know, I, I, it's crazy. The, the whole point of it is crazy today at 37 years old, I'm, I'm working through and, overcoming things in my heart that were from a child Mm. and God makes us righteous. He overcomes, gives you the spirit of, of strength and overcoming. And yet at 37 years old, I'm still overcoming things that I was at a teenage level. Mm. And yet when you overcome it, it's like, a light bulb goes off and yeah. I meet a new part of me that I never met before. Mm. And that's pretty cool because when you really meet who God made you to be, it is like meeting the best part of yourself. Yeah. Because if you meet yeah. the creation of what God made you to be and you become, start becoming that and start loving who that is, that is one of the goosh things of life. Like, that is one of the best things in life. Yeah. And I wish the whole world could find that. I just haven't figured out how to get the whole world to see that. Well, you've never been on a podcast. So, I mean, <laughs> there we go. Podcast <laughs> uh, just, is the way. Just, pop, just making it all work here. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. But, it, yeah. So, I, I'm going to transition a little bit. But one of the things, and we can, we can ramp it up here soon. Um, we've been gone for a little bit, but I, I just have so many questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> we can do another one. Yeah, we can always do another. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But um, you talked a little bit about um, the dream. Well, we're going back to the dream and mm-hmm. how that opened up your gifting. Do you know what your giftings are? Or right now, what would you say your giftings are as a person? Because I think that's such a, that's like that realizing and stepping into what God's made you. Yeah. Like, we all have giftings. Mm-hmm. When God gives us the ability to, and that's what we talk about at church, to walk in, I mean, you know, prophetic and 
be a teacher and be a, a preacher and yeah. apostolic and so with your question are you asking what i am in the fivefold no i'm asking what your gifting like are. like as a person as a person yeah because uh, i think we can all operate in that realm and we may have more or less in the fivefold yeah right but yeah. I think we all have giftings yeah. that play into who we are mm-hmm. as the fivefold. Yeah. And for those who don't know, fivefold ministry is, I forget what the chapter is, but in the early, in the church, they're talking about the fivefold yeah, it's ministry. Yeah, Corinthians, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's the uh, I don't know, pastor, preacher, or no, pastor, teacher, apostle, prophetic. Evangelist. Evangelist. Yeah. yeah. That's who I am, an evangelist. I always forget about that. You're an evangelist? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. You think so? Well, I got a podcast. <laughs> I got to push it out to everyone, man. Yeah. If that makes sense. I could see you as an evangelist. Yeah. But you have you have you have that generational gifting of a teacher from your dad, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. My dad talks about how we have a Levitical calling on our family. I think that's that teacher mode. Yeah. Like we're, I could see us as being kind of priestly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I get into the word. I like the word. Words pretty sweet. That's 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 yeah. teacher. Yeah. That's teacher. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, very, very strong pastoral for myself. Um, but the more I get to know myself and the more I get comfortable in who God made me, I see more apostle coming out. Mm. Um, that's the one that supports everyone in the church. That's the apostle move. I think that's the thumb. Yeah. Yeah. The the church is built on the apostle and the prophet. So a lot of times apostle prophet will be in leadership in churches. Hmm. Um, if they're sanctified enough to handle all the junk, (laughs) but I'm, I'm growing in that. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, because of the way I grew up, my pastoral, like caring for people's hurts, I always did that. Mm. It's always, you know, empathy. I was always an empathetic person. Um, but in maturing, I've learned that empathy can sometimes be enabling. Mm. And really loving someone, sometimes you have to get straight through. You have to go straight through the bush, not around it. Yeah. And so that has kind of awoken a bit of an apostolic thing in me. Because hmm. I I have to see something work before I live it. And because of... My, my wife is really prophetic. But... And I... And I... You know, we're stronger in each giftings. Um... But as we grow and mature, I think they start to yeah, make fine. full circle where you can be each one. Yeah. Um, so, but in my personal giftings, I'm a, I'm a really big problem solver. So I'm, I think my wife would agree, I'm a fairly stubborn person. <laughs> and that can be good if you point it in the right direction. Um, and that's basically for my job at work. I am basically a problem solver. Mm. I don't lord over my guys. I don't control my guys. I don't, but I solve the problems that need yeah. solved. There's a fire you put it. Out. Yeah, yeah. And I've always been good at it. And sometimes you know things really tough and things are broke down and things. And if I just stick with it, if it's almost like the Holy Spirit just gives you something and you do it and it works. Yeah. So organization is not my strongest suit yeah. because I'm more spontaneous, you know, fly by the seat of the pants, fly by the seat yeah. of the pants because I'm good at solving problems. Yeah. So give me a problem. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I've learned 
being that way is don't get tired of problems. Mm. Because if you get tired of problems and you remove all problems from your life, you start making problems so that you have problems to solve. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so That's really interesting. If you're listening and you're a problem solver, yeah. don't worry about having plenty of problems. Yeah. Because That's you'll you make move. your own problems. That is interesting. Your gifting doesn't stop just because you remove problems from your life. Yeah. I'm, I can't sit in my house for more than a day or two. Like if we need rest and need time off and need sitting, you know, time to just chill. Yeah. I can only do it for so long (laughs) and then I am done. Yeah. I need to go do something. Yeah. And it's not a work ethic thing. It's like, it's a, a, it's a subconscious need for a problem to solve. And knowing that about myself, I've been able to handle it a lot better (laughs) yeah let me just real quickly this is for you dad this is for dad (laughs) i want him to hear this he is he's on vacation fixing things in the airbnb oh my gosh (laughs) this is not your house not your problem (laughs) (laughs) exactly but it's serving people so that's cool that's awesome but that's that's literally i mean you can't take a vacation from it yeah like that's your 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 gifting that you're talking about where you can't get away from yeah you can't take a vacation from it. Yeah. But um, an apostolic friend of mine called me a sniper one time. That kind of stuck with me. Um, I notice and discern things in people when I'm around them. Um, maybe spiritual strongholds type of thing, mm. especially in leadership. I can use it in leadership really well. So, Do you see it in leadership or do you see it when you're in leadership? I see it in leadership. Okay. I don't mm. see it when I'm in leadership. Yeah. I just see it in people in general. Mm-hmm. And if I have, I, if I feel a responsibility for your well-being, I we will have a conversation. Of, you know where I, I I hit things. I see things subconsciously. I'll see like if you're having a bad day, and I'll see it, and I might make crack a stupid joke in your face and walk right past you and. It'll snap you out of it. Mm. Like I, I do that stuff quite a bit. Mm. And a friend of mine called that a sniper. Yeah. And, but I'm, cause you're hitting the target right there. Yeah. The like it's, I see that, that somebody's struggling with something and sense it. And I have this, I don't know how, you, how real you get on podcasts, but yeah, real. <laughs> That's cool. I have this hypersensitive sensitivity to sexual stuff. Hmm. Like my my mom was molested, hmm. and so I have this burr. If you're playing in the wrong stuff, you'll feel it. You get no grace for me. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so if something is off about oh, someone, that's so cool though. If someone that's is so good, if something oh. is off about someone in that sense where they're living, doing something stupid, yep. I am really uncomfortable around them, wow. and I can't shake it. So you feel it. Yeah. And my wow. wife is that way the same way. Wow. So it is, it oh, is, it is good a, though. It that's, is a weird thing. You're like, like, I listened to your podcast about that church in Warsaw. Yeah. That type of thing. Or the way you felt like it was just off. Yeah. Like I have I a, in that church. Yeah. I have a hypersensitive thing like that. Yeah. And it, it's not always fun. I mean, you get in public places around a lot of people. You start feeling and, Sometimes you just want to go home and sit on a couch. Like yeah. You want to get away from it. Yeah. 
but God gave it to you, and He and He gave it to you to to help the church. And so, with some of that stuff, it I don't know how to help the church with it. You know, I don't know how to handle that sometimes at a discernment level of it. Yeah, but I'll grow and learn in it. That's where you support the the leadership. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's such a cool gift. I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's that's cool. It's fun at times, but when it's hard, oh, it's no, hard. It's, when you're in a situation, yeah, I wouldn't want to be. Yeah. I don't want the gift. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> but I think it's cool that you have that. Yeah, but I mean, it's. Yeah. I'll tell you this: every every Sunday at church, like if whoever's in charge of the church, like in, in whatever's going on, that type of stuff, I know what they're struggling with that day. I can wow. feel it. Wow. And that's not always fun. Yeah. You know you. You want them to be happy and to be free and whatever, but we're all on a journey. Yeah, you know, and it's not—it's not a perfect thing. It's not a, um, but it—it it, it amazes me with that is I can see that, but yet the way people lay that stuff down and honor each other—it's pretty awesome. That is cool, and so that it gives me a special appreciation for it because when it's in that atmosphere i can rest yeah you know what i mean i can i can i don't have to be concerned about things i see turn it up yeah 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 um but and i can use i can relax and use my gift in a much more peaceful way yeah um sometimes seasons of war are okay then sometimes season of peace are really nice yeah (laughs) 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 but it's it's really good and I love Kyle and James, you know, lead pastors at Mission 72. They're they're yeah. both really good guys. Yeah. And I I appreciate the they they're very honest people. Yeah. So oh, it's just been time after time of that. Yeah. For where I was just like this is how a typical church would do it. Now they come into the situation. They talk about it, I'm like, "Oh, this is not how you do tip it, I'll just say for instance there was this time where they're talking about open mic and when you can get up and prophesy and how you can talk about that. Yeah. And in churches I've been at, a lot of times you have to run that through the pastor. Mm-hmm. So that's what I thought Kyle was going to say when he said, anyone's welcome to this mic, anyone can say it. But if you say it, just know that publicly, if it's wrong, we're going to let you know. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. that's such a good way to do it. Like, this mic's for anyone. Yep. You know what I mean? For the pastor, for the non-pastor, for whoever. And in, in, there's freedom to do that. Yeah. I, I was just so encouraged by that one. Yeah, yeah, and they and they they keep they keep an accountability there, yeah. even though it's you know it's free, it's open. Um, if you're gonna do, go and act stupid, you're probably gonna get embarrassed in front of your friends. Yeah, and that just that keeps any dumb stuff from getting happening, yeah. from getting brought to the front. Yeah, so that's it's really good. Yeah, and they're courageous men. I mean, they'll they'll they'll. They'll cause conflict to confront it if it needs to. They will. And so that that keeps the accountability there where they don't have to. Yeah. And that's amazing. That's cool. That's cool. Well, we've done an hour and a half. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I have more questions, but maybe we should wait for another time. (laughs) Anytime. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I want to go into this question. Because it could open it up for another <laughs> half hour. Uh, we can't. We You're an easy guy to talk. Yeah, to. That's, <laughs> that's one of my giftings. Yeah, it is. It's one of my giftings. That's one of the things I found when I was at 
at the his movement at the time, Mission 72, was we were looking at how we communicate with God. And I realized when I talk to someone, that's when I feel God's presence. Yeah. You know, that, yep. it's a triangle. Yeah. Is how they explain that. Yeah. Like, yeah, that makes total sense. You're going to become the Joe Rogan of the church. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Joe Rogan, like Ocean, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. Man. Joe Rogan's great, but uh, I'll just be timid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'll be that type of person. Yeah, 100%. Sure. I appreciate that. Yeah. Someday, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I want all that flack. Like, oh, yeah, that spotlight sounds oh, awful. <laughs> yeah. That's part of being public, though. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't want that either. Yeah. It's, but it's good. It's good to, I love talking to people. It's just so, it's such a beautiful thing to talk to people. Yeah. So, so we all have like, so you, the way that people think about things is just so unique and the experiences that they come from. Mm -hmm. And they're all in this, like, you know, 10 miles this way, 10 miles that way, 10 miles. This, there's uniqueness all yeah. around us. Yeah. You know? We have a lot of culture differences yeah. in our area. Yeah. You walk out of the Chinese buffet, you hear Chinese, you hear Russian, you hear Amish, you hear Spanish, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You hear English. Yeah. You hear like so many Hispanic. <laughs> Hispanic. You hear yeah. all these different uh, cultures just all going and getting Chinese food. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's wrap it up. Maynard, um, I don't know if you want people to know where you're at, <laughs> but if you have anything you want to plug, I'll let you plug it right now. Um, so they won't follow your follow you i don't know <laughs> i'm the only thing i do is on youtube i okay. share some of my hunting experiences a okay bit of that but i'm not a social media guy okay i follow i i watch tick my wife introduced me to tiktok uh -oh. <laughs> and i watch tiktoks of all things <laughs> and i follow i follow friends and family on facebook and yeah. events and stuff like that but i don't it's not your thing. Yeah, it's not yeah. my thing. I have way too much stuff to do. Yeah. This all this like podcasts and editing and and YouTube, you know, it takes so much time. Yeah. And time is not on maybe years down the road. Yeah, but not right now. Yeah, not right now. Yeah. No, I just do my job. I raise kids and Yeah. And go to church and yeah. have fun, make food. Yeah. And I love to cook. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not like an indoor cook type of person. I do some, but I love smoking meats and yeah. open fires. Do you, okay, we do got to talk about this. <laughs> what type of grill do you use? Are you, I use? Are you the Amish ceramic green egg type no, guy? No. no. Are I, you a charcoal I fella? I don't own one. I am a wood wood okay wood type of guy. Are you a pellet grill? No a pellet grill. Okay, I don't have a pellet grill. Um. I have a like a pizza oven style wood uh, oven. Okay, yeah, that's really fun to play with. That, that you is, built, yeah. Okay, um, that's really fun. You can do you can bake just like you can on an indoor oven. Yeah, but you can make pizzas and grill steaks and all that type of stuff. Right, that's cool. Right on the right on the coals, um, and then I have an Argentinian grill. Okay, which is a little bit different style, but you basically build a giant fire and use the coals like charcoal. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's fun. But none of it is fast and easy. <laughs> so I'm a I'm a I do use some charcoal here and there and yeah. and my my most hip way of cooking is a propane smoker. Okay. My my father in law gave that to me. Um I use that a lot. Really? It's really easy to smoke meats with. Really? Okay. So I just Is use, it like a box? Yeah. It's a okay. box with mm -hmm. a propane burner. And use wood chunks. 
Oh, interesting. Okay. Just set it and forget it for hours. It just and goes. Yeah. Yeah. I got a, like a Traeger knockoff. Oh, yeah. And I've been enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, pellets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, those do a really nice job. Yeah. Yeah. They've been great. But we live, so we live completely off the grid. Okay. So okay. I, I, stay, I stay a little bit away from things that take electricity, like heating yeah. elements, because they take battery life from Yeah. So interesting. We stick with Did wood. Did you guys buy we, an Amish house? Like it a was, previously owned Amish? Because I know it was a lot. Pre, the people we bought it from were Amish when they built it, but they weren't yeah. Amish when they left. Oh, interesting. And so they had in they had bought into a solar system battery pack that we then built on. Okay. And switched to um, putting a backup generator on it. Okay. So that if the batteries get low, it'll just kick on. And then just go for the generator. Yeah, just generator. Um, Went to lithium batteries, so there's a better battery life. That's what I've heard. Uh, I I literally was talking to someone about solar, and they're telling me the difference between solar and DC versus AC and how that really messes up some stuff because a lot of stuff we have, you know, is AC, but solar is like straight to... Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. Anything with a heating element just drains your batteries. Really? Yeah. (laughs) So we don't do anything like Traegers and pellet stoves and stuff like that. Yeah. They don't do well on my my power grid. That makes sense. So. So hence the propane. Hence the propane and the firewood. Yep. I mean, that's that's what I cook with. That's, I love it. Yeah. Enjoy it. I love good food. I love playing around with food. Uh, this weekend we're doing a seafood boil. We're doing let's go crabs and I love charbroiled oyster yeah. oysters and frog legs. Oh, that's awesome! And just I mean, I I always try something. I like I like trying things from different cultures, different places. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Food is a great way to connect with people too. Yeah, and so it could be so delicious. Oh man! Oh my word! You yeah. you invite somebody over and make them a pizza on a pizza oven with wood and everything. Yeah, I mean. You just bought into their life. Yeah. I mean, they're <laughs> your friends forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I love. It just breaks down the walls. Like, yeah. We're, we're in it. I love that. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. I, that is so cool. I love, yeah. What we do for my birthday every year is a seafood boil because I love Do you? It. Yeah. Yeah. So I what's love, your favorite? Um, I like crab shrimp. And I mean, we also throw like lobster sometimes in there, oh, which is just like, too much, honestly. <laughs> but then we'll do like oyster or not oysters, scallops. Oh yeah, and things like that. But then yeah. the potatoes. You got your sausage. You mm-hmm. got your corn. You know, yeah. All the, the onions, the lemons. Yeah. But I put it in my turkey bait, boy, tur- like the deep fryer for a turkey. Yeah. yeah. That's what I do in that a big yeah. thing like that. Oh so. yeah, absolutely. That works yeah. great. Yeah. But honestly, all you need is shrimp. Yeah. Like yeah, you don't need a lot. You don't need a lot. Yeah. Shrimp's really all you. Need. I'm. I have a lot of friends slash family in Louisiana, and mm-hmm. that's where I was introduced to seafood. Really. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, I grew up straight potato, yeah, meat. Yeah. You know, that's all you ate. Yeah. But I started, you know, eating places in different parts of the world. What? <laughs> and I got introduced to, you know, shrimp and different types of fish, and oysters. Fish. That's where I ate my first oyster no in way. Louisiana. So now I I don't I still don't like raw oysters. Yeah. I'll eat them, but they're not. I won't drive a mile for them. Yeah. But you charbroil an oyster with Parmesan cheese, Italian dressing, and some uh, garlic and a little bit of butter, and you just charbroil it, grill it over an open fire. Oh my goodness! That's good. 
It is fantastic. I've only had bad experiences with oysters. <laughs> <laughs> I like I've done them multiple times. Yeah. Then I always end up puking. They don't they <laughs> just don't say well. I don't know if it's I had one in Atlanta when I see my buddy who lived in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That was rough. And I had one in, a couple times in Florida that were okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've never had them cooked, charboiled or anything. So oh, they're that good. Like it's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I'm a YOLO type of guy when it comes to food. Like you only Just live once, you might as well try it. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. If I get sick, I get sick. Whatever. I've ate some pretty nasty yeah. stuff. <laughs> I had the probably the the worst tasting thing I had was a snail in Africa. Really, I ate Ooh. the conch snail. It is like chewing rubber. Yeah, but it's oyster texture. Yeah, I've had conch. It's, but it's they, not my favorite thing. I, yeah, they cut it up really small and they put it with dough, and like it was yeah, okay. Yeah. that wasn't bad. But yeah. like just by itself, I couldn't. Met. That thing yeah. is so chewy. Yeah, even just the smallest, tiniest pieces were just like yeah. rubber. Yeah, but they, <laughs> I mean, they cooked it awesome and did an awesome job cooking yeah. it. But it's still a snail. Yeah, it's still. A snail. We went to the market and these these African ladies are like laughing trying to sell me a snail because they know <laughs> this, like I stick out like a sore thumb sore yeah. thumb in Africa. I mean I'm six foot three and yeah. most of them are, you know, a little over five foot and completely dark skinned. Yeah. And I am as white as day with a and red blonde, beard. A blue eye. <laughs> exactly. I stick out bad. So in the marketplace these ladies would come running with snails like trying <laughs> to get me to buy <laughs> Like sucker, we yeah. see the sucker right yeah, here. Yeah, we go. see the sucker. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I had some had some really good wisdom around me to keep me from getting the wrong thing. Doing, doing, getting yeah. the wrong thing. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, all right. So, what's your hunting hunting channel? Uh, it's just on YouTube. Okay, under my name Maynard Miller. Okay, yeah. I'll look it up. I'll put it in the show notes. Awesome. Anyone wants to watch that. So, yep. Maynard, thanks so much for coming on, man. This yeah, this great. has been awesome. This is good. You're good at what you do. I yeah. enjoy your podcast. Thank you. Uh, I enjoy podcasting. Yeah. So, it's a, this is good. It's a win-win. Yeah, it is. So. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, um, yeah, go follow him or go watch his YouTubes. Um, I guess if you have any questions for Maynard, shoot them at me. Um, or come to, come to our church. It's yeah. the best way to talk to Mission 72 in Goshen. So, yep. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on Tim's podcast. We'll see you later. Bye.